When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark and Wes Mitchell on the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game on your Friday morning. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you. Guys, we've been talking about it all morning. Happy Super Bowl Eve. Eve, I suppose. Let's do it. Are y'all ready? Ready as we can be. We got uh, we got parties going? Not me personally. Uh, just me and the fiance. Which, and I talked about this last hour. For doing the purposes of this job, where you know you're going to have to like break the game down and talk about it from like a analytical perspective, going to a party throws all that out the window because you're talking to people and you can't hear the broadcast and you miss plays. Like, I kind of prefer to be locked in on the game and, you know, use the commercial breaks and stuff to get food and whatnot. But, like, when the game is going on, I like to be, like, locked in like a normal game. Yeah, so, all right, two things. First of all, um, 803-404-6100, Firehouse Subs text line. I need some good recipes so tell me you don't have to post the whole thing on there but tell us your favorite uh go-to football party recipe dips mm-hmm. i'm sure will be very popular and i feel like the super bowl is the most watched least watched game ever I agree and by the numbers it you know is clearly the most watched game like it's on the most tvs but it's also the most background game you can possibly have. Because how many people that don't actually well, normally watch football are at a football Super Bowl party and aren't really watching? And that's kind of the genius of the Super Bowl itself is they have something for everyone. If you're a diehard sports fan, you're watching the game. If you're just an entertainment fan, you're going to watch the Super Bowl halftime show. If you're you know a whatever casual person, you're going to pay attention to the commercials and talk about the funny... Doritos commercial on Monday or whatever. Like, it gives you an element of everything no matter what you're watching for. Yeah, and I, I'm here for it. Honestly, I'm here for the commercials as well. 
Always here for the food. Um, hopefully it's a good game. I think it will be. I'm here for the game if it's a good game. If it's not, then my attention span will be quickly elsewhere. So crackers and buffalo chicken dip? So yes. Tyler, Trevor Lawrence on the TV, by the way. Okay. Everybody is booing. All the Gamecock fans like the bowl game. That was hilarious. Except for Wes. He was cheering. I'm just kidding. You remember that, though? Wes hopes everybody has We accuse you of cheering for Trevor Lawrence. I do remember that. Um, So Tyler's off at the Super Bowl party. He finds his own spot. Did you happen to hear, since he was stolen away from us, so rudely, we don't know, we can't ask Preston. There's an empty chair here in his honor. He's now in the early game. But Tyler, you, you get to hear him. Yes. So does Preston, do you think he has the same watching cadence during the Super Bowl as the Carolina games? You've heard about his... How he watches the USC games, right? Uh, I don't think I was in it's, here when he talked about that. Okay, he so he does <laughs> in his bedroom, right? Is this right, Wes? Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's in his bedroom, not the living room. Okay, they're watching bedroom TV, and he's got nobody can see this because we're not on a stream yet, uh, a video stream. He's got like his knee up, like on the bed, all right, like, the arms crossed, and he's just, like, watching the TV. He does that for the entire three and a half hours it's of a Carolina game? kind of sounded like it. When he's not eating or maybe takes a bathroom break every now so and then. So is the rest of the, like, nobody else is in there with him, just him? I, don't th- I think it's just him. Because he needs, he needs, like, space. Got to focus. Yeah, big time. I, I, that I, That is surprising to me. I've not heard that. Yeah. I don't know. I get the feeling that's more just a South Carolina nervous. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that's the Super Bowl thing. Sort of like a something he has to do. Like it's a superstition, I think. We should have brought him in here for the segment that we were promised that we still haven't, still haven't gotten the Preston segment. No. Preston, come back. Not even I, one. I, I did. Uh, he's apparently a really big Rihanna fan. Him and Kendall <laughs> talked about that at the end of the early game, which I'm a, I'm a fan of Rihanna myself. Uh, he's an even bigger fan than I am. Uh, that was an interesting fact to learn. Huh. Okay. Well, so not only have they stolen um, Preston from us, they're now trying to steal Kendall from the GC. I'm not surprised. Three hours That's what they well. do. That's how they operate here. Yeah. Just poaching everybody. Poaching everybody. Um, I'm sure Kendall did fantastic, though. But, yeah, I'm excited. I'll, I'm really interested to see what the halftime show is. She obviously has a huge catalog to pull from. And... Don't y'all think we're going to get some, like, additional surprise oh, yeah, people in sure. there? Like, it, that's kind of it, a given. It's always, that's always the case. Um, yeah, that's, that's a, the, especially with all the connections she has and the people she's done songs with, you know, Eminem, stuff like that. There's definitely going to be some surprises. It'll be good. It'll be good. We don't have a Gamecock Central commercial this year. <laughs> Just missed out on the budget. Yeah. Golly, our budget's about to apparently skyrocket because we're going to have the uh, the GC Tower on the new land. That'll be the first building that goes up. It'll be the tallest one. He's like, which one's the GC Tower? Just look up. Look we'll up see. at the, uh, remember my QR code in the sky. <laughs> the QR code in the sky. We'll have a helicopter pad on top for shoes helicopter. Yeah, did y'all see the guy? Uh, y'all know who Mr. Beast is? Yes. Oh, yeah. And he's basically like, hey, if you want to reach X millions of people, just holler at me. You don't have to do a Super Bowl ad. Right. This is true. That's a flex, though. It really is. I know. When you can be like, yeah, my audience is, you know, it's roughly the... They're like, how many people do you reach? I don't know, Super Bowl? 
He has like a hundred and eight. commercial. I think he has like a hundred and eighty million YouTube subscribers, and I think the average viewership of the Super Bowl is like a hundred and twenty million. So yeah, he's he's eclipsed it pretty good. A thirty uh, second Super Bowl ad slot. Y'all know what it is this year? Uh, it's it's got to be a billion, yeah. right? A billion. A billion. No, not he a went bi- with a B. Woo. Seven million dollars. <laughs> That's I was going to ask for. I was That's say five. it. From a company standpoint, seven million. I yes. thought it was way higher than that. Well, you went B billion. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I, you know, I shoot high on uh, the Price Is Right. Um, yeah, you can't go over though. You, one one dollar you miss. Um, okay, yeah, may, maybe a billion's a little too much. Seven million dollar price tag. I would have um, guessed somewhere in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Nope, seven million. You you somehow managed to make seven million sound cheap. It's impressive. When he measured against a billion, I guess so. It, uh, you know, tends to look that way. Not nearly, not nearly as big. Yeah. Um, what do you want to talk about today, Chris? Who, who is? I was just looking over this list because I wanted to make sure. I was pretty sure. I wanted to make sure a hundred percent that there was no like stray gamecock on a practice roster or something for either of these teams. Mm-hmm. And and there's not right unless. I'm wildly, badly mistaken. Who who's the next who's the first or the next, however you want to think of it, game cut to get a ring? I'm sitting here looking at the list. Is it Debo? Trevor Lawrence is up there today on first take. Debo was on there yesterday when we were in here. Big time appearance for him. Debo's got a great shot at it. I see some guys that don't have a great shot <laughs> right now. Yeah, I think you got to... I mean, Hayden Hurst, right, with the Bengals. I'd say he's probably got a better shot with the Bengals. Okay. As of right now. Well, Ken, so, Ken Law and Debo. Uh, Lamont's Chris got, Lamont uh, is with the Bengals. dropped. He got dropped, okay. By the Chiefs. And then, I think, picked up by the Bengals. That's right. He's listed with the Bengals right now. Um, hey, I got a completely different topic. Wes is like, we're going to scrap that. That wasn't good. So, something that Spencer Rattler said Tuesday mm. got completely just glossed over. As when we were talking about A.B., Marion Brown, for those who don't know. I'm glad you're bringing this up. Versus oh, yes. Nicholas Harbor. Mm-hmm. And um, Spencer, without without being introduced with this name, said... Hey, Nicky Mawari may be in this conversation as well because our thought process was okay, the fastest, who's the fastest guy on the team this coming year? Nick's not on campus yet, but eventually that race is going to have to happen. And the distance of that race will probably be a determining factor. Yep. However, Spencer nonchalantly said, hey, even Mawari is. You know, a guy to watch here as well. He may be fast. He may, I can't remember Spencer's quote. He may get him. Well, um, and uh, so we got a, a mention here from uh, the Mac and Dino podcast on YouTube. He said, he brought this to my attention. There was an Instagram video yesterday of AB and Eamon Worry racing. It appeared to be a 40 yard dash, and it appears that Nick got him. Yeah. So, Nick 
we already knew was, I mean, crazy athlete. Like, he should be, uh, what is the, the Bruce Feldman freaks, freaks list? list? Yep. Both he and Nick, I think, will be on the freaks list, guaranteed, this coming season. But we, we already knew all the way back when we were at camp when Eamon Worry blew up and got the Carolina offer. We already knew he tested off the charts. But I honestly don't think if we were talking about fastest player on the team that we would have brought him up. No. He's not the first guy you think of. Mm-hmm. But, but you have you have really two guys who are just big dudes who can run on this team. Xavier Leggett is in that conversation as well, actually. But for Nick, I mean, Nick may actually be the fastest guy on this team. And we, I didn't see it with my own eyes. I think you saw it with your own eyes. We've seen Amari Brown throw down an easy 4-3, maybe a 4-2 something on a hand time. Casual. At camp. Yeah, just not during a workout, nothing, just messing around. I feel like running a 40-day, do a little warm-up, a little stretch, 4-3. I think sub. I think you're right, Wes. I think it was right, right below, right out of four three. Um, to see that in person, by the way, is something else. Like if you're standing to the side and somebody runs past you running a four three, it's it's absolutely hauling. But yeah, so Nick, Nick puts up on Instagram yesterday this video of of him and AB racing, and whoever's filming it. I mean, they're right. You know, they're they're probably standing at like the fifty or something. And and Nick does look to get him, which is crazy. Well, and he claims to get him. I think he did on the Instagram. So yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't think he could claim it yeah. to the world. Well, well the, no, with the video, <laughs> with video, it's not. It's not like you yeah. caught a fish and nobody actually saw the fish. That happens a lot, you know. But with the video, I've seen it. Yeah, I, I think he would. I think he would be called out. Like it, it yeah. looks like he got him, and he's claiming he got him, and AB hasn't disputed well, it. And and it was it was it was a massive troll too. I mean he he was like looking at him when they crossed the finish line, like laughing at him. And then somebody else put uh on his story here, Nicky Minwari's making a case for the fastest player on the team. He said ain't no case. He, he says it's, it's done. And 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 calls out Xavier Leggett. That was another dude that Spencer mentioned, right? I think he said Leggett is up there. Or he's one of the fastest guys on the team. Remember, we've heard some anecdotal evidence, too, for that. Like, dating back to when Xavier was a freshman, hearing about him covering kicks and stuff and punts. Mm. You're like, man, if you had a stopwatch on that dude, he was like 4-3, you know? So, but Harbor, like, this may be controversial to some people. Like, Harbor ran a 40, Nicholas Harbor did, uh, at the Under Armour week. And he was like 4-5. It's not like he went out there. You, you would think, oh, he's an Olympic track guy. He's probably going to run a 4-2 or something. His is more, you know, long speed. Like, if you give him 60 meters, you have no chance. Mm-hmm. If you give him 100, if you give him 200, you have no chance. But in a 40, a little different. Elect- electronically timed, though, I think. I think it was electronically timed. Because I, I saw he he was in a battle with a guy that was like, Five eight. I think it was Dylan Edwards from who went to Colorado, right? The running back. I think that's right. And it was a very, very, very close. And but he, still. yeah, he ended up. I think Harbor's second run was in the four fours, but yeah. it it gives you an idea. Like it's, I mean, long strides, and 
It'd be interesting to see how much faster Harbor gets as his career develops. But but even in you know in those races, I mean, people stick with him. And again, I'm talking about the races like where he's at nationals. <laughs> These are the fastest guys in the entire country, and they're all like a foot shorter than him, and they stick with him for the first, you know, section of the race. And then he just is gone. They strides. Long strides, man. So, but Nick Eman-Warrior, I don't think I would have had that on the bingo card for fastest guy on the team. Although maybe we should have. I think you just look at his size and you're like, no. Now, do you think the conversation y'all had with Spencer sparked this race taking place? Because it's very convenient this happened right after he talked about it. Well, I did. I don't know. I th- Nick does seem a little bit, y'all forgetting about me. Maybe he saw on our YouTube where I had the little Marion Brown versus Nick Carver thing going on and Spencer talking about it, and then we we gave Nick no love. Well, I should have. I'm just going to say that absolutely that was the reason why. I it mean, is very convenient. That's a great point, Tyler. It's not, it's not a coincidence. Yes. Is so. headline, next headline, is Nicky Memori the fastest guy on the South Carolina football team? Find out today. So it shows even the Gamecocks are reading Gamecock Central. So if you're not subscribed, get subscribed. Yes. Boom. And with that, we'll head into our first timeout on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs right here on 107.5 The Game. Mix a little sports analysis, pop culture, and great interviews, and you've got the Rich Eisen Show podcast. Brian Cranston, great to see you, man. One of your first gigs was a Preparation H commercial. What happened? It's called first- jobs, Rich. <laughs> I know you haven't been job hunting in a while. <laughs> I was a spokesperson. I wasn't <laughs> afflicted. If yeah. I was afflicted, I would trust you. I would put that ointment on and go, here we go. The Rich Eisen Show podcast, wherever you listen. Back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris along with you on 107.5 The Game. Continue our conversation about team speed. Greg weighs in on the Firehouse Subs text line, 803-404-6100. He says he's seen Zay's speed in person, legit 4-3. And he says if he uh, ever gets an invite to the, your first it is the Underwear Olympics, the NFL Combine, uh, he thinks teams will be very, very impressed. That is interesting. Um, Xavier Leggett, I mean, I feel like we say it often, maybe too often. He He's that guy that you just keep waiting on, you know, in, in terms of the production matching the physical tool set. And I think you, when you look back at his career, you can find several reasons, and there have been several different reasons, like why it hasn't happened yet. Let's dive a little bit more into that, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, Xavier Leggett, Wes. Big, you, you even told Spencer, like, this dude is way bigger than you would think. Like, if you s- get close to him on the practice field, there's some weird, I don't know, it's like an optical illusion even. You see him on the field, then you go see him, like, in person down on the field. Way bigger. He can run. He's obviously got some ball skills. He's got the kick return skills. I think his emergence this year, and we've obviously got plenty of time to go until the ball is kicked to begin this season. But never too early to talk about it. That's what we do. Man, his emergence would be huge. Yeah, I think that 
God, we saw flashes. Like we oh, saw, yeah. we saw some glimpses last year, and you know, for for all the hand wringing about the offense, and you know, not getting the ball to this guy, not getting the ball to that guy for for a lot of the year. You know, I also like to give credit where it's due too. I I thought starting to use Leggett as a runner and just taking out the component of completing the ball down the field what was really big for for the offense and for him. You know, we, we saw them, especially once they didn't have Marshawn Lloyd, they tried to be a little bit more creative in, in how they got their running game going. And I, I think Leggett was, was massive in that. You know, he had... He had the down moments this year, of course. The the two passes, I, I think, I think right or wrong, some people maybe just completely wrote him off after the two drops against SC State, and obviously those were not good moments for him. And I, I'm sure he wants to forget them, but I thought he bounced back after that, and I, I thought he hung in there, and. We talked about the catch in the bowl game. I mean, this you you don't even attempt to make that catch if you don't have some baseline talent here. And so I I think you always have guys who take a finish to the year and they use it to springboard themselves into the next year. And a lot of times it's upperclassmen. It may not be guys who made the early impact. It may not be guys who have been impacting consistently for their entire career. But confidence is just such a key ingredient to all of this. Um, so, I, you know, we'll see. We've, we've kind of been waiting on it. We saw flashes, had some big catches throughout the year. But you look at obviously having Juice Wells back. More The more we hear, it really sounds like these tight ends are going to be a big part of what Carolina does, even though they've had to completely revamp the room. Here's the question. I'm looking at the the stats from last year right now. Leggett, 18 catches for 167 yards. Pretty pretty far down the list, actually. But not it's not nothing. It's not a four-catch year. You know, 18 catches. Can he double that? Because that would put you, just for context, that puts him right along what Jalen Brooks did Mm -hmm. this past year. And would, you know, I I think if you look at the tight ends that are back and you have some pass catchers there, can you get 25, 30 catches from Trey Knox? I think that's realistic. Jaheim Bell caught 25 balls for 231 last year. And Josh Van caught, let's see. Josh Van and Xavier Leggett actually caught the exact same amount of passes last year, 18. So could could you double that for Leggett to 36? You got Eddie Lewis coming in. We'll see what happens at receiver transfer portal. Do they take another guy? I still think Elijah Caldwell actually could play early. But, I mean, is, is 36 catches out of the realm of possibility for Xavier Leggett? I think it's quite possible. Um, something else, by the way, real quick, Wes, Spencer mentioned, said, you know, and you kind of hit on that too. He's like, this is a guy you can, he can do some different things. You know, obviously kick return, 
got speed. He can also be used on sweeps and things like that. We saw a little bit of that last year. Maybe we see more because they are going to have to get, I think, more creative in the run game. And I think they're going to have to let the scheme. Now, we'll have to see. I mean, they have pretty much got to go get a portal running back. Another mm-hmm. one, I think, after you know after spring. So we'll see. But right now, with the personnel they've got, you kind of get the sense that the scheme is going to have to be more responsible for the run game, if that makes sense. Last year, you had Marshawn Lloyd breaking seven tackles on a play, jumping over people. Might not have that. So the scheme, the tempo, what, how you're administering the offense, I think is going to have to help you out a little bit more. So a guy like Leggett could play into that. But I, I think, Wes, what if Xavier Leggett takes sort of a similar jump and like career path as like Josh Van, right? So Josh's big season was in 2021. It was year four for him. This will be year five for Xavier. So a little different. But Josh's first three years, he had 18 catches, 19 catches, and 10 catches. And he struggled with inconsistencies, whether it was his hands, whatever it may have been. There's some parallels to be had there because Josh Van obviously has talent. Um. He, he responded in 2021 when he was even more needed, had his best season, had 43 catches, 679 yards, five touchdowns. So when you look at it, there's some – I do think there's more guys. Like Josh Van was the lead dog that year. Juice Wells is going to be the lead dog this year. But I, I think it's very fair to anticipate or think that, that Leggett could make that jump because you don't go, well – I don't know if he has the talent to do it. He does. I don't think that's in question. And the the kickoff return aspect as well. I mean, I'll be the first to say when I when I heard about that, I was like, you know, I get I get it, big, fast, physical, but I kind of I thought Juju had done a pretty good job with that as a as a true freshman the year before, and then Leggett pretty much just took that job from him, and then you know you kind of see why as the year progressed. And they liked having that big guy. Well, you know, we'll see if does Nick Harbor get a shot at kickoff return. That that I feel like Chris is actually going to be a it's going to be a topic that gets beat around by the fan base quite a bit. And I think there are going to be some very strong opinions from both sides. I think it's going to be you have like if if Usain Bolt was on a NFL team, the guy's going to be returning kicks. You don't take the fastest guy on the planet and not have him returning kicks. So then I think there'll be the other side of, look, the guy is 6'5", 230. Do you want to get hit like that? Is is there... I know that the perception has always been that they're or increased risks on special teams. Maybe I'm a dummy. I don't know. I don't know if the actual numbers back that up or if that's just something that has been repeated over and over and over again. People are saying? Yes. So, you know, I think, but I think that will be part of that argument is you have an Olympic guy who has come to South Carolina and sort of trusted everybody here. But you also can't play football thinking about not getting hurt. Like, you, you just have to go play. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I, I'm, I think there's going to be some very strong opinions on either side of that. And we've gotten into a completely different conversation at this point. But um, maybe we can ask Pete Limbo if we can 
get them in studio. It'd be phenomenal. Sounds good. With that, we'll head to the break. Uh, come back on the other side. Got more text coming in on the Firehouse Subs text line. Again, 803-404-6100. Uh, be right back on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you rolling along on your Friday morning. Steve-O weighs in on the Firehouse Subs text line 803-404-6100 in reference to the conversation about Xavier Leggett. He said he will forever be a legend for his kickoff return against A&M. The one shoe, the peace sign, the curse is broken. He's a legend. Dude, the peace sign... I don't know what the best part was because you had all these different elements. Like, first of all, starting the game. He comes out of this scrum. The shoe's gone. The shoe being gone is like the cherry on top. That's what Spencer said. He was like, I mean, you saw him on that kick return with no shoe. He came out of like two separate scrums, I feel like. Yeah. Like he disappeared and then it's like, oh, A&M does not want to tackle this big guy. Here he is. And the fact that I mean, you look at how that game played out. I don't know if Carolina wins the game without it, it just set the momentum for that entire contest. We um by the way, we had a, a comment here from uh from Travis, our our good friend on the YouTube chat, and he says the problem with the idea of harbor is that football is not played in a straight line. You know, and that's a good point, but here I you often hear people say something like that about returns i feel like there is a very big difference between a successful kickoff returner and a successful punt returner punt returner first of all obviously much different catching a punt than a kickoff a kickoff is actually for anybody with some athleticism anybody that plays football at that level catching a kickoff not really that difficult at all Catching a punt, you can be a really, really good football player, super athlete, and still struggle to catch punts because it's a it's a different trajectory. It, the ball moves around when it gets up there depending on who kicked it and how they kicked it. So you have to consider those things. But punt returner, I want a guy – I want Ace Sanders. I want a guy who, with quickness. I want a guy who can make people miss. I want the short line explosiveness and – when you hear that cliche about, oh, it can make somebody miss in a phone booth, that's who I want as my punt return. The great kickoff returns actually are very much sort of straight line, I feel like. And, and when I say straight line, I don't mean a literal straight line. I mean that you're putting your foot down and you're going. You're, there's really not a lot of juking. There might be, There might be one cut or two cuts, but it's more of a sort of let me get north and south and get an angle type cut as opposed to actually um, juking someone. So, you know, I, I think that I think Harbor doesn't fit the mold by any means of a punt returner. But if he can run through arm tackles, which with his size, he can. You're talking about a, a kickoff return. There is room for you to get to max speed. You know, like we were talking about short, short 
bursts versus long speed and long stride, there absolutely is time to use that long speed in a kickoff return situation, which is why I think I think you at least highly consider it. So buy or sell Wes on the spot. By the way, remember I I won buy or sell the one that I did like in August for Nick Carver. Said that he would sign with South Carolina. It was like way too early. Uh, won that one. But by herself, is Nick Harbor in, you know how they have like five or six guys working punt return, maybe not that many guys working kick return during practice. Is he one of those? Oh, yeah, I'll buy that. Okay. I, I thought you were going to say by herself, does he return a kick next year? And I would have uh, been a little more iffy on that. But by herself, that he is catching them in practice and they're having a look at the possibility, I would, I would buy that. I like it. I would buy that. Um, now, here's another one. Is Eddie Lewis, make make your very early prediction, is he the punt returner next year? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say that too. He, he's got experience doing it. His, his punt return season last year is like almost, I don't want to say it's one-to-one to what Josh Van did, but it is very scarily similar as far as the outcomes. So I would say yes. I think... I think Josh did a phenomenal job of catching punts last year and looking extremely comfortable doing it. He caught one of them off his shoe tips. I think that was the SC State game. Casual. I don't know if that note. Missouri. I don't know which game it was. I'm not going to pretend I did. But, I mean, just, yeah, casual. I mean, he made it look so easy, and that is not easy to do at all. So I, I would say with, with Josh being gone, yeah, A.B. A- will be one of the, the guys catching them in practice. He'll be in the conversation. But I, I would think Eddie Lewis would have a really good shot at that. And um, John weighing in on Facebook saying return men need to be not only fast but quick. See, I, I disagree. Kick return, guys, it's all about the deep speed, the long speed, in my opinion. In my opinion, I should say. Punt returners, yes, it's way more about quickness than speed but also with kickoff returns there is an aspect of just having guts (laughs) you gotta hit it's a different it's a different kind than punt return punt return you gotta have the guts and the mental fortitude to catch that thing with eighty-five thousand people looking at you and everybody bearing down on you and you're looking up into the lights and if you drop it the other team has probably a better than 50-50 50-50 chance of getting on. Kickoff return, you can drop the thing and you still have plenty of time to pick it up. Mm-hmm. The guts that are involved in kickoff return is that you are building speed and you are running directly into that first wave of defenders. That first point of contact when and it's usually about depending on how well you block it's right around the 20-25 30-yard line depending on all those variables, and you're starting to get to full speed, and they're close to full speed, and if it's blocked up, you've got a hole, and if it's not, then the crowd's going to be making that, ooh, noise, because you just got nailed. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we saw, like, Debo Samuel, I mean, we referenced this one recently. Eric Douglas tried to catch the ball as an up back. It gets past him. Debo kind of scoots around. Debo finds it, picks it up, and runs it for a touchdown. You, you can't really do that 
with a punt return. And I, I did. Well, I think it was the first maybe preseason media day, like in the fall, uh, when Pete Limbo first got here. And I went over and picked his brain about a bunch of stuff. As you can imagine, he's got a lot of thoughts on special teams and asked him about those techniques with, you know, punt and kick returners, kind of how you differentiate those guys, how you identify them. And it, it was really fascinating to hear. Ho- hopefully he can give us some more of that at some point. But, um, yeah, he said, look, it's a, it's a completely different technique, to your point. With that, run into our last timeout. Come back on the other side and wrap up the Friday edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you on 107.5 The Game. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Back in on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you for a few more minutes. I wanted to pose a question to you guys, continuing on the conversation relating to special teams. You mentioned Eddie Lewis being the potential punt returner for this fall, and he obviously had a great uh, career doing that at Memphis. What can he improve on and get better at working with a guy like Pete Limbo here at South Carolina? Everything. I mean... (laughs) Lemo is just so detail-oriented. Like, he thinks about stuff with special teams that nobody else even considers. I, I, I will say this, though. I do wonder, and I'll be honest, uh, we're doing this on the fly. I don't, I don't know what direction Memphis went after Limbo, but there's probably maybe still some carryover because Limbo was at Memphis mm-hmm. on sure their spe- you know, coaching their special teams mm-hmm. before. And I, I guess Lewis and Limbo would not have been there at the same time. Um, Limbo may have been there when Lewis was being recruited, potentially, to Memphis. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Limbo improves just those guys. I mean, you kind of look at the trajectory individually and as a unit. The guys just, they just get better. I mean, we saw, I mean, you got to have talent, right? I mean, Darius Rush running down and covering punts. Uh, Josh Van and his hands for punt return. You know, Kai Kroger, Mitch Jeter, those guys are naturally talented. But there is, when you look at just the body of work, there is evidence that he has improved those guys. So, you know, you could say that Eddie Lewis working in Pete Limbo's schemes as a punt returner is going to have... Maybe he gets a little bit more of a window, for instance, to be able to break a punt return. You know, whereas at Memphis, and they were, you know, I think they were still solid on special teams for the most part. But, you know, maybe the the sum makes, you know, some of the individual parts a little bit better. Before we move on, I uh, wanted to like to take a second and let you guys know about Amy Mason Cup State Farm all across the country Drivers are reaping the rewards of safer driving. With the updated Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm, it has dynamic new features like interactive maps and driving tips. And the pursuit of your discounts now even easier. You can earn up to 30% if you download the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm to get started. And to do that, you can stop by your local State Farm agent's office, and they'll be happy to help sign you up. And that here, for everyone in the Midlands, is Amy Mason Cup. Office is at 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4 in Columbia, just off of I-26. 
South Carolina native, local agent. She and her team can give you a personalized quote to meet your needs and help you save. Easy to switch and save, just like my family did. Visit her website, Amy Mason Cup, M-A-S-I-N-C-U-P-P.com. Let her help her family, just like she helped mine. That's Amy Mason Cup. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah, so Eddie Lewis, very intriguing player. Like You mentioned that he had the one-for-one, one, Wes, almost with Josh Van's punt production, but I think you look at, like, Josh Van did not have, obviously, the year in 2022 that he had in 2021. 2021, 43 catches. He was kind of the guy. Last year, he was more of a complimentary part, but still made some big plays. I think he only had 18 catches. But his work as a punt returner was huge. Even if it wasn't big plays, he was so, so reliable there. To me, Wes, I look at Eddie Lewis. Obviously, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but he is on campus. Spencer Rattler talked with us about him the other day. said he was a smart player, experienced, good hands, explosive. Had a lot of really complimentary things to say. I look at Eddie Lewis as kind of a very logical, not same player, but kind of that one-to-one replacement for Josh Van. Yeah, I think, you know, can so, something I've noticed, they tend to like when guys can play multiple spots at receiver and, and have some um, just the ability to move around. I, I think you look at Eddie, could be a slot, could be an outside guy. Um, you know, that that really helps you in terms of getting the best three on the field. If you're looking at this as an offense that's going to play, you know, three receivers a, a lot of the time. And so you, I think you got several guys on this offense that can play either both outside spots or can play in the slot and outside. And so Eddie comes in. He, he had some reps on the inside at Memphis. He had some reps on the outside. And I, I think we'll give you some versatility if – you know, if, if you feel like uh, Marion Brown or on Joyner are one of your top three, then I think that obviously those guys are more slot guys. So then I think you could have Eddie Lewis on the outside. If you feel like, hey, wow, Leggett's had the best offseason of his career, we see him as a starter, you know Juice is going to be a starter somewhere. So then maybe it's, well, hey, Leggett's, Leggett's a starter. He's earned his spot outside. And then you say, well, we're going to let Eddie Lewis compete at the slot, uh, you know, with Amarion Brown and on Joyner. So I, I think having that ability to play inside or outside is also going to get him on the field. And that's the way Josh was as well. You know, Josh played um, part of his career at the slot, part of his career outside. And, you know, both these guys are, like, not the biggest, but they're also not the smallest either, if that makes sense. It's like they're not a 6'5 guy, yeah. but they're not Ace Sanders either. So that gives them some versatility to, to play multiple spots. They have quickness. I wouldn't say they necessarily are going to be in that conversation now that Nicky Mawari's in with the fastest player on the team, but also they're going to be in the top 10, you know, not slow, I think. Like, they're going to be in the conversation as well. And plenty of experience coming back in that group. You know, although it is, there's some guys that you're still as final year guys, as seniors that you're waiting to, even a Marion Brown, who you mentioned earlier. Like, I think we're still waiting on him to have his biggest year. Him, Xavier, certainly Eddie Lewis in his final season, too. But plenty of experience coming back. All right, that'll wrap it up for this week's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Real quick before we get out of here, you guys want to throw your Super Bowl score predictions out there? Oh, man. Um, I'll go 
34, 34, 31, Eagles. Okay. Eagles 31, Chiefs 27. Okay. I, 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 I said last hour Eagle or uh, Eagles 28, 27, so we're all riding with the Eagles then. We'll see how correct we are on Monday morning then. All right, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs for Tyler, West, and Chris. We'll be heading on to the halftime show now with Jay and Terry, 107.5 The Game. Conspiracy theories. Paranormal. UFOs. During the entire 1971 debacle of this red dye number two, parents all around America were buying Frankenberry. So only a few days after the cereal was released, kids all across the country started being rushed to hospitals. All of them had one symptom in common. Theories of the third kind on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.